48K News. It's 11 o'clock. I'm Todd Harding. Tonight's headlines. Sources say four people have been arrested in connection with the 612 Humanitarian Relief Fund. The Foreign Ministry dismisses criticism from the World Health Organization over Beijing's zero COVID strategy. And IT officials apologize after an update to the Leave Home Safe app accidentally deletes the vaccine pass QR code of some users. Sources say National Security Police have arrested four people, including Cardinal Joseph Sen and singer Denise Ho, in connection with a now-defunct fund that raised money for the legal and medical fees of anti-government protesters. The others detained are former lawmaker and barrister Margaret Ng and cultural studies scholar Hoi Po Kung. Organisers of the 612 Humanitarian Relief Fund ceased operations last year, soon after National Security Police revealed they were investigating the fund. The Foreign Ministry has criticised the World Health Organisation for saying Beijing should change its zero-Covid strategy. Spokesman Zhao Lijian called the remarks irresponsible and said China was right to continue with its current Covid policy. China is fully equipped and capable of achieving dynamic zero. We also have full confidence in winning the hard battle of epidemic prevention and making a greater contribution to the global fight against the epidemic. At a news conference overnight, WHO head Dr. Tedros Adhanom Ghebreyesus had claimed China's efforts to eliminate the virus were unsustainable. Locally, health officials have reported 280 new COVID-19 cases. The new patients include three people who ate at a restaurant in Yunlong, while 32 are imported cases. Officials also reported that three more COVID patients had passed away. IT officials have apologised after an update to the Leave Home Safe app yesterday deleted the vaccine pass QR code of some Google and Huawei phone users. Damon Pang has the details. The Office of the Government Chief Information Officer blamed the service provider for what it described as a technical error, adding that an updated version had been released within hours to rectify the problem. IT officials said if Google and Huawei phone users had updated the app to version 3.2.4, either manually or automatically, the vaccine records or exemption codes stored in the app would have been deleted. They appealed to the public to check the vaccine pass stored in their mobile app and update it to the 3.2.5 version if the record had disappeared. A spokesman apologised to the public for any inconvenience caused. He said a warning letter had been issued to the service contractor requesting serious follow-up action and measures to improve the control procedures. He added that the office will also strengthen the testing and supervision of Leave Home Safe updates to ensure the app's smooth operation. After heavy rain today, the Hong Kong Observatory says it's uncertain whether or not rainstorm signals will have to be issued in the coming days. Continuing rain and thunderstorms are forecast for the coast of southern China tomorrow and the day after. But the observatory's acting director, Chan Pak Wai, said it was hard to predict the rainfall levels to come. He said Macau had experienced more than double Hong Kong's rainfall today and Zhuhai around four times the amount. We will use a forecast system to issue warnings to relevant government departments about the coming rainfall as soon as we can. But those predictions may only remain valid for about 15 minutes. This forecast system that we're using in Hong Kong is already one of the best in the world. So the level of uncertainty is really high. 
Security Minister Chris Tang has declined to set a timetable for the introduction of local national security legislation, saying the fifth wave of COVID had put the idea on the back burner. The legislation, which would be in addition to the national security law implemented by Beijing, is required under Article 23 of the Basic Law. Mr Tang says he wants to first hear a wide range of opinions before having legal professionals draft the legislation. We have to make sure that the new legislation is able to um, handle uh, what happened in the past, in, um, in the current moment and also in the future. So that's the reason why this is a very serious issue, so that we have to be very cautious in working out a detailed and workable plan. And we will try our best to uh, do it as soon as possible. To the weather forecast, cloudy to overcast with occasional heavy showers and squally thunderstorms. Temperatures in the region of 24 to 27 degrees. The outlook, occasional heavy showers and squally thunderstorms again on Friday. Currently the observatory, 25 degrees Celsius, humidity 96%. And please be advised the thunderstorm warning is still in force. You're listening to RTHK, the time's exactly five minutes past 11. The government says more measures will be put in place from next Monday to stamp out suspected profiteering in the booking of recreation and sports venues. Under new arrangements introduced by the Leisure and Cultural Services Department, people booking public facilities through the government's online system will be given priority over those queuing at service counters and kiosks. It's been known for people to pay others to queue on their behalf. Officials are also barring organisations from changing the names under which bookings are made. Representatives from the taxi industry say the government is dragging its feet on fare hikes. Yesterday, the administration agreed to raise flagpole charges by $3, but that's only half of what drivers wanted. Tosun Tong from the Motor Transport Workers General Union said it had been pressing for fare hikes for years and increases would be easier for passengers to accept if they were applied every two years. The chairman of the Hong Kong Taxi and Public Light Bus Association, Chow Kwok Kung, proposed a fare adjustment mechanism similar to the one applied to the MTR for taxis. I understand that the government wants to make the increase more acceptable to members of the public, so they are dragging their feet. But to be honest, it took five years to approve our application. By delaying it, does the government genuinely want to help the industry, when at the same time officials say they want to help improve the service quality of taxis? If our income can't catch up, how can the industry improve service quality? The government has proposed the use of a new hiring system for some directorate-level posts instead of relying on internal promotion. In the LegCo paper, the Civil Service Bureau explains that some directorate positions require foresight, analytical ability, innovation ability and political sensitivity, and the new appointment mechanism could apply to posts with succession difficulty and a lack of competition. It says the new system will involve in-service or open recruitment. The Bureau added that it plans to use the new mechanism to hire the Commissioner for Innovation and Technology, the Government Chief Information Officer, the Deputy Commissioner for Efficiency and the Commissioner for Sports. Turning overseas, India's Supreme Court has suspended a colonial-era sedition law after allegations of its growing misuse against government critics. The BBC's Ayn Aslam reports. 
The sedition law gives police extensive powers to arrest people without a warrant if they're accused of inciting violence against the government. But human rights campaigners argue the legislation restricts free speech and has increasingly been used by state governments across India to suppress dissent. The Supreme Court said the law introduced by the British colonial government was not in tune with the current situation and should not be used until further notice. The court said those currently in jail on sedition charges could seek bail. A Palestinian-American journalist from the broadcaster Al Jazeera has been shot dead while covering an Israeli army raid on the Janine refugee camp in the occupied West Bank. Shireen Abu Akleh was wearing a flak jacket marked press. Al Jazeera and the Palestinians say an Israeli sniper shot her in the head. Israel says she was likely killed by Palestinian gunfire. Al Jazeera's chief, Mohammed Moawad, condemned Shireen's shooting. Shireen wasn't covering a war. Janine is an area that is under the occupation of the Israeli uh, forces according to the international law. So Shireen wasn't covering from a side uh, of the conflict. She was there accompanying the Israeli forces while they were intervening in Janine. So what we think is that this is the responsibility for the occupation forces because under the international law, they are responsible for the civilians, for the journalists covering on the ground. We are pursuing legal case as well. So okay, basically what we see here is an intentional target to one of the prominent journalists of Al Jazeera. Britain and Sweden have signed a mutual security deal to assist each other if either country came under attack. The BBC diplomatic correspondent says the deal is to cover the period between Sweden's possible application to join the NATO military alliance and its final accession. The British Prime Minister Boris Johnson said Sweden had the UK's support regardless of whether it decided to apply for NATO membership or not. The Swedish Prime Minister Magdalena Andersson explained the deal at a joint press conference afterwards. The Prime Minister and I have agreed to face challenges in peace, crisis and conflict together. The support will be given on request from the affected country and may include military resources. Ukraine says Russian military activity has forced it to suspend the flow of natural gas through a key transit point that delivers almost a third of the fuel pipe from Russia to Europe through Ukraine. Here's the BBC's Joshua Thorpe. In a statement on its website, Ukraine's operator claimed that gas was being off-taken illegally from the transit line, which is under Russian control. It said it was concerned Ukraine would no longer be able to fulfil its obligation to European buyers and therefore had no option but to switch off the flow. The operator said it will shift capacity to a connection point further west at Suja to ensure continued supplies to Europe. Gas prices increased following the announcement yesterday, but have since stabilised. Experts say that the impact on energy supply is muted, as demand is currently low, but could pose a bigger problem in the autumn, when the heating season in Europe starts. The Islamic State group has published a video which it says shows the execution of 20 Christian civilians in northeast Nigeria's Borno State. The BBC's Ishak Khalid has the details. The video, published on an IS-linked news outlet, contains three groups of captives in civilian clothes. They were apparently in different undisclosed locations, all said to be in the northeastern Nigerian state of Borno. It's not clear when the video was recorded. The masked militants were armed with guns and their spokesperson brandishing a knife. Speaking in Hausa, he said they carried out the executions to avenge the killing of two of their leaders in the Middle East earlier this year. The BBC cannot independently verify whether the victims were indeed Christians or exactly where and when it happened.
To sports, where both the Miami Heat and Phoenix Suns are within one win of advancing in the NBA playoffs. After dropping two games on the road, the Heat returned to winning ways at home in Game 5, beating the Philadelphia 76ers 120-85 for a 3-2 series lead. In Phoenix, the Suns blew away the Dallas Mavericks 110-80, thanks to 28 points by Devin Booker. The Mavs shot just 38% from the field in the loss. In football, Liverpool are now level on points with Manchester City at the top of the English Premier League after coming from a goal down to beat Aston Villa 2-1. But City have a better goal difference and a game in hand against Wolves later tonight. Both teams have two matches to play after that. Let's hear from Sadio Mane, who scored Liverpool's winner at Villa Park. For sure, we expect this kind of game, so it was no surprise for us. And uh, after we concede uh, in the first second, I think, uh, yeah... That's a blow for us and um, to work harder than uh, we, we can. And finally, we score two goals, I think, tonight. We deserve to win. Manchester City have confirmed that they've reached agreement with Borussia Dortmund to acquire Norwegian striker Erling Haaland. The deal is subject to personal terms being worked out with the player. The former Manchester United and Norway defender Henning Berg says Haaland will make City even more dangerous. They've done fantastically well with, with not having a top striker and uh, now they will have a top striker. So you can only imagine what, what they will be like now. So it's uh, as a number nine, as a goal scorer, uh, you could not go to a better team because you, you will get the ball in the box so many times. I think it will fit in perfectly. They, they will not play with the dropping striker. Haaland can drop in and make a combination and link up with the others, but that is not his biggest strength. You want him in the box as often as possible to make his moves and his uh, timing of his runs in the box and his power in the box, which is very, very good together with his finishing. In Spain, Real Betis got a win, to, a big win to stay in the hunt for a Champions League place next season. With more from La Liga, here's the BBC's Andy Barwell. Real Betis kept alive their hopes of a top four finish with a 3-0 victory over Valencia. Uh, three points now behind fourth place side Atletico Madrid. There are three games left. Betis only have two to go. Patrick Aubameyang scored twice for Barcelona. who moved closer to securing second place this season with a 3-1 success over Celta Vigo. And Granada moved further clear at the drop zone. 1-0 winners over Athletic Bilbao. On the ice, the two-time defending Stanley Cup champions are on the brink of elimination in the first round of the playoffs. The Tampa Bay Lightning were beaten 4-3 by the Toronto Maple Leafs, who now lead their series three games to two. Like the Leafs, the Carolina Hurricanes, the St. Louis Blues and the Los Angeles Kings each just need one more victory to advance after their latest wins. A reminder of our top stories tonight. Sources say four people have been arrested in connection with the 612 Humanitarian Relief Fund. The Foreign Ministry dismisses criticism from the World Health Organization over Beijing's zero-Covid strategy and IT officials apologise after an update to the Leave Home Safe app accidentally deletes the vaccine pass QR code of some users. The news from RTHK. Yeah. 
From Jacksonville in Florida, I think they're still going. They split up in the mid-70s, and I think they got back together again, at least the surviving members of the band. They had a number of hits. That was certainly one of them. Stormy would be another. Traces was a big hit, too. 